This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back rankings. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, fast. You jumped up and... Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins him and tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Bruno, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies for Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the gold medalist of time zones. That means it's time for the WWE debate brought to you by CampusDecan.com. That's Matt Bruning. That's Austin Nates, fresh off his private jet and back with us. And I'm Felix Sharp on a totally constipated version of tonight's show. Whose stock is up? Whose stock is down? And who can you trust? But we start with perhaps the premier matchup in a loaded week five of college football. Of course, I'm talking about the, the matchup between Ole Miss and Alabama, two of the top offenses in all of college football, and a duel between perhaps the top two quarterbacks in Debbie slash campus to Ken Austin are these two Matt Corral and Bryce Young are they the top quarterbacks in the 2022 and 2023 classes respectively I'm glad that you clarified which game you were talking about because I was ready to talk Southern Miss and Rice um, so I'm glad that you uh, yeah clarified. I mean, if you want to talk, me. if you want to talk, that's some, I'm sure we can get some Frank Gore uh, talking here. If you offered me a million dollars, I couldn't name the quarterbacks for either of those two teams. I'm not going to lie. So uh, uh, my 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 knowledge does have some bounds, and I think that that is about it. Um, yeah, as top two quarterbacks in the 2022 and 2023 classes, Corral and Young. It's close. I'm going to say that Bryce Young has to be considered the top quarterback in the 2023 class at this point after the disappointment that has been DJU's uh, second season at Clemson. Uh, we've talked about that. I think you guys talked a little bit last week about that on this show. We talked a lot about it on Campus Life, so I won't get too much into that. I'm more here to say that I still think Sam Howell is the top quarterback in the 2022 class. It's really, really close for me. Um, uh, 
Corral has jumped Rattler at this point. It's, it's basically just between Howell and Corral. Corral is still making some of those really bad decisions that he's made in the past. He's not getting punished for them this year. I think that's the big difference for him. I went back last week, I believe, and I watched because they had a bye last week. Ole Miss did. I went back and watched the first three Ole Miss games just to kind of get a gauge on him. He's he's still at times misdiagnosing coverages, you know, just throwing straight at defenders, uh, you know, half a second late on stuff because he's got that that amazing arm um, that, that he can kind of work with. Um, I will say he's crushing it in the RPO. I think he actually struggles in the NFL if he goes to a team that does not run any of that as a rookie. Um because that's what he's doing so well right now. But so I th- he's the QB two. Bryce Young is the QB one in his class. It's close. Either way, a total heavyweight matchup there. Yeah, it's it's the best two quarterbacks playing this week. I, I love that Austin's on Sam Howe. I feel like everybody's coming back around onto the Sam Howe train with me now. Finally, always- I will say that. Uh, you, I'm almost positive all of you had Spencer Rattler above Sam Howell to start C2C. off this season. C2C, Debbie. I have slight differences uh, in my rankings for them. I know. You, you, you're you different everywhere. Just to cover all your bases. I got it. Lukewarm Austin. You know, makes sense. Uh, I'll, I'll take this one step further. Uh, with the way Corral's been playing, I do agree with Austin. He's still making some mistakes. But with that upside, and that I think is what a lot of coaches and GMs shoot for, we are seeing the top two picks in the next two drafts playing this weekend. I think Matt Corral will be the first QB drafted, and I don't see any way after the season DJU is having now or anybody else in that 2023 class is jumping Bryce Young to be the top quarterback drafted in the 2023 class. Uh, I do think Corral is going to go out and have a good game against a good Alabama team, and if he continues to do that the rest of the season, takes Ole Miss to the playoffs, which I still think is debatable because – they do have a tendency to mess up here against some weaker opponents that uh, he will be the top QB drafted this year. So, yes, I think it's the top quarterbacks in the 2022 and 2023 class playing this weekend. There's no question about Bryce Young. The question is whether or not Matt Corral is the top quarterback in the 2022 class. And, I, I mean, I feel like you tend to see these tools year quarterbacks going higher. Um, uh, you know, and, and Matt Corral is probably more toolsy than Sam Howell, but Sam Howell has the three-year track record. I mean, I remember that Cotton Bowl game against uh, oh, was it was it the was it Penn State or North Carolina? I, I think I'm thinking of of them playing against each other three years ago. And uh, anyway, um, I trust Sam Howell a little bit more because of that track record and. Austin, as you said, Matt Corral still has some Jameis Winston to his game. I don't think that that's going to prevent him from going in the top 10-ish, top 15, but I would still – I mean, my Detroit Lions are going to have a top five pick. If they, I would want them to take – if they're going to take a quarterback uh, in 2022, I would t- rather they take Sam Howe. Um, uh, Austin, let me throw this to you. The Alabama wide receivers – into one month into the season how are you feeling about that group as a whole very highly touted coming in you got uh, brooks the freshman brooks hall and and um jojo earl you know i don't know what if you've seen enough from john mechie to be confident in him as a Devi asset and then of course my guy jameson williams one catch 80 80 yards of touchdown but how are you feeling about that wide receiver core as a whole uh, it's a pretty well-rounded group. I'm not sure if I see. I mean, to be to, to be determined on 
guys like Earl and, and Holland Brooks. I don't think I see a superstar there uh, in terms of guys that are getting meaningful snaps right now. I went back and just looked at how the snaps broke down this past week, and I know it wasn't the greatest reflection of it because it was Southern Miss and they kind of blew them out. But they kept the starters in there for a decent amount of time. Uh, Jamison Williams, John Mechie tied for the team lead with 43 snaps apiece there at wide receiver. Then the next closest is Slade Bolden at 18. It, it is very much Jamison Williams, John Mechie doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. Uh, Treshawn Holden had 14, Javon Baker 12, Earl 11, Ty Jones-Bell had 5. Interestingly, no snaps for Brooks or Hall, uh, along with some other guys there. Um, so that's just kind of how that's shaking out. Um, I I don't think Mechie has superstar potential that you kind of asked that in there. I've always had him as a day two pick. I think I still have him as a day two pick. He hasn't quite put up the numbers that I thought he would this year, um, which has surprised me a little bit. I thought 1,100, 1,200 yards is basically a lock for him, and now I'd be a little surprised if he got there. I mean, I don't think any of that. They just spread the ball around so much. I don't know if any of their receivers get there, but it's a very well-rounded group overall. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I'm still high on John Jojo Earl. I think I've had him in top 11 or so uh, this entire time. And then after that, I want Jamison Williams. Give me the Jamison Williams. Give me the speed, um, the guy who can take the top off the defense. I think that he's going to find a place, you know, in the third round. Uh, some NFL team is going to want to take him because he could be your kick returner. He could probably be your punt returner. And then that speed is an asset. I mean, we saw Ted Ginn go number nine, nowhere where he, he had no business uh, going. That speed is going to get Jamison Williams drafted. And just imagine if a player like him goes to Kansas City or uh, San Diego, um, there his value is really going to shoot up. So I'm, I'm, I've been a Jamison Williams fan. I, I still am, and I think that he's going to, I think that he's going to get day two draft capital. That's what I think. Uh, Burning any thoughts on this Alabama receiver core as a whole? Uh, no, I mean, I, I still believe in Hall, but I, I have to give it to you on Earl. I mean, he's already out there producing over over guys like Hall and Brooks. Uh, I will say if Jamison Williams goes to San Diego, I assume that it's to play in like the Arena League because there isn't a team in San Diego anymore. But I'm assuming you mean the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> you know, I just had to throw that in there. Uh, but I, do, I, I, I think round three is a little high. I could see Williams go round four. Uh, I don't know that he gets round two draft capital. I like this 2022 class. There's a lot of good players, and speed's not it, – it, teams are looking for it, but it's not going to – I don't know. I don't think that's the reason he gets to draft capital. So. I mean, we just saw Tutu Atwell go in the second round. And Jojo and Jameson Williams is going to be coming out of Alabama playing in the national championship game. I think that he is going to get day two draft capital. Do we, uh, and I'm for the record, I'll probably be calling up San Diego, you know, three years from now. Yeah. So, um, do we like any of Matt Corral's weapons? Any any of them at all? I mean, Jonathan Mingo was the size speed specimen. Um, Braylon Sanders was the one who was getting all the attention in the spring game. And now Dontario Drummond is the one who's really putting up the stats um, this season. Uh, I don't know that I'm particularly fond of either of them. What about you guys? Uh, I like Mingo I, I more than the others. I don't know that Drummond – He's a senior. I don't know that because yeah. of his late season. Break, late he's gonna, yeah, that he's going to jump up. Uh, Mingo, he hasn't really produced that much either. What is it? I'm, I was trying to pull it up here. So 
300 yards last year. He's already I think obviously going to easily break that. That was in eight games through three games right now. He's at 290. As you mentioned, he's got the size-speed combination, really good catch radius as well. I think if he continues to play well, I mean, again, I don't think he's going to get round day two draft capital, but if he goes in the fourth round, fifth round, depending on where he goes, I think he's got the size, speed, hands, catch radius that he could probably produce at the NFL level. He's the one I would bet on out of those two, out of Drummond and him. I want to see more of Sanders before I make a judgment on him. Yeah, Drummond, most of his success this season, when I went back and watched, um, they are just running him on crossers. And then that RPO, he's like the first option if if uh, if, if Corral pulls the ball out of the running back's belly. He's just going right across the middle, and he just hits him when the linebackers get sucked in. That's I don't have a percentage, but I'd be willing to bet that's probably at least 60% of what Ontario Drummond's production has come from this year. And it's 20 catches, 339 yards, four touchdowns. Obviously nothing to, to sneeze at there. He's having a very good season. I was consistently saying, oh, who is that? And it was Jonathan Mingo. He looks a little lighter on his feet this year than I thought he did last year. I liked him as a freshman. He had that really nice game against Bama that year. He had a really nice touchdown. I was saying this could be kind of the A.J. Brown replacement. Let's see what they do with this kid over the next couple of years. And then last year was really a dud. I was pretty, pretty ready to give up on him. Uh, and then the last two weeks he's gone off. Um, so I think we need to watch for him. But I think he's a four-year guy. I can't see him coming out this year. I'd be really, really surprised, especially with like Lane Kiffin just elevates all those guys. I think Kiffin can get him to stay another year and maybe sell him on bumping that draft stock up a little bit. Do we want to, do we want to talk about this game at all? You got three and oh Ole Miss versus four and oh Alabama. It's at out in Tuscaloosa. Do I mean does it, are either of you giving Ole Miss a shot to actually upset Alabama? Yes, I think the interesting thing is going to be Bama is athletic enough on defense that I don't think they need to respect the RPO nearly as much as defenses have this year. They have very athletic inside linebackers and the, the best running backs on on um, on Ole Miss are what Jerry on Ely. Uh, Henry Parrish. I mean, they're Parrish. both mm-hmm. they're both having decent seasons, but nothing spectacular. Snoop Connor in that mix as well. I, I think that they basically work all week on just saying, you know, do not bite on that action. Let Corral hand that ball off, and we'll. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll kind of take it from there. At least limit the big plays, limit the chunk plays there. I think that's what they're going to do. I think it's still really high scoring. I think it's close. I, I do think Alabama wins that game. I mean, I can't think of the first three weeks, but I mean, obviously Alabama had the most trouble with Florida running the football. That's not Ole Miss. That's not Ole Miss. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. We know that Lane Kiffin wants to get this victory more than any more than anything, especially if he could get it in Tuscaloosa. Obviously, it's a different season. But last year, they hung in with Alabama because of what they did in the running game, not the passing game. Everybody thinks it's because of what Matt Corral did. He did throw for 365 yards, but both Snoop Connor and Jerry on Ely went over 120 yards and had two touchdowns in that. They uh, those the defensive backs, if I remember correctly, held uh, their weapons down. I think I don't even think Elijah Moore or Elijah Moore did have a good game in that one because that was the. Was that the Lane Kiffin throw his clipboard up game? I can't remember. 
if that was that where no, Elijah Moore got I, wide I, open. I want to say that was LSU, but go okay, ahead. Okay, yeah. But I, yeah. so they don't obviously have that. They don't have Elijah Moore now. I, I, they have Mingo, Drummond, Sanders. None of those guys are Elijah Moore, in my opinion, right now. But I think if they are able to run the ball and then use the play action with Matt Corral, they can they can keep this game close. It was 48-63 last year. I don't think that this defense is as good for Bama as it was last year. I know they've looked better than we thought they would. We saw Bryce Young struggle a little bit. I don't know if Ole Miss's defense is as good as Florida's. I, I don't think I can pick Ole Miss to win. But I don't think that – I think the last time I looked, it was like 14.5 is the, the the spread. I don't think that Bama's winning by two touchdowns. But I, I don't think I pick Ole Miss to win. But I, I do think they're going to be able to run. And I, I agree he doesn't want to run the ball, but that's how they got Alabama last year. I would not be surprised if uh, Snoop Connor and Jerry on Ely do it again this year against Alabama and then that opens things up for, uh, for Corral later in the game. This weekend is going to be a lot of fun. That is just one of the many games that we are looking forward to this week. I mean, you got Cincinnati and and uh, and Notre Dame. That's another big one. But let's move on here. Let's talk about players. Let's talk about players. And I want to know who are some players that you are absolutely giving. I'm going to start here. Who are some players that you are absolutely giving up on um, just through uh, one month of the season? And mine has to be Spencer Rattler. It has to be Spencer Rattler. And that clip from QB1 has resurfaced. And I remember, I mean, I remember watching QB1 at the time. I I would have Matt play it, but then we would have copyright issues. So for those who haven't seen it, I'll just describe it for you. Uh, Spencer Rattler and his backup quarterback in high school are having a competition, some sort of throwing competition. And Spencer Rattler at this time, he had won the Elite 11 competition. He's going to Oklahoma, and he is just dogging his backup quarterback saying that it's his fault that they're losing this competition. He's making fun of them. He, he, he throws Jack Miller under the bus. He says, you're worse than Zach, than Jack Miller. Um, and is just being an ass. I mean, if, if you were to cast a Disney movie, high school football movie and put a villain in it, it would be Spencer Rattler. And that's just one clip, but he was that type of person throughout the show. So you think about Justin Fields, who goes from Georgia and becomes a captain in his first year at uh, Ohio State, and you see even him going to the Bears and the team being galvanized by him. That's not Spencer Rattler. And if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers level tools and ability, it's not going to work for him. Compound that with the fact that OU fans are now chanting for Spencer, uh, for I'm sorry, for Caleb Williams to play. I just, I really don't see this ending well. I mean, it puts Lincoln Riley in quite the predicament because, uh, are you go like, how can you even put put Caleb Williams in the game for packages unless you intend for him to be the starter? Because when Caleb Williams comes in the game, he's going the fans are going to cheer for him and they're going to boo Spencer Rattler. And Spencer Rattler does not seem like the type of kid who has the mental makeup to deal with that. He just simply does it. On top of the fact, maybe he's grown from his high school days. I don't know that you can change the stripes on a zebra, though. I don't know that you can change the stripes on a zebra. So I think now it would not surprise me at all if we saw Spencer Rattler go in round two 
be a round two quarterback a la Drew Locke, a toolsy player who gets picked up by a team in round two. And I just don't think the team that his teammates are going to like him. I don't think that his teammates are going to like him. Um, he does not seem like a likable person. But all right. Um, either one of you guys, who are some who are some players that you're giving up on uh, after one month of the season? Bruning, go ahead. Um, all right, so I'll go. Since you took Spencer Rattler, I was going to throw like the whole Oklahoma offense into this thing. I'll just touch on Eric Gray. You know, he was a guy. Not many of us at the site were big on Debbie or C two C wise, but there are a lot of people who were very high in on Eric Gray, kind of becoming the next best thing. That he went to Oklahoma. He has not been good. Uh, I'm out on him. And then another guy that may be a bit surprising to some, Kyron Williams. Obviously had the massive season last year rushing the ball. Obviously very good receiving back as well. Guy who some people were jumping up as to like the easy RB3 in this class and going to push Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall to be the one. And we talked about his size, and it's not even the size that I'm worried about. He has not done anything on the ground. Outside of one game versus Purdue where he ran for 91 yards, a 7.6-yard carry average, but outside of the receiving game, Kyron Williams is really not doing a lot here. And I don't think any of the defenses they played are that good. I mean, 42 yards against Florida State. They had 73 against Toledo. I mean, Austin could get 74 yards against Toledo, I would bet, today. That's right, Austin. Flex on him. Uh, 33 yards against Wisconsin. I'll give him a little bit of a break on that because obviously Wisconsin has a really good defense. But I think we're going to see a lot of the same thing again out of him this weekend against Cincinnati with how good that defense is. Again, really good still in the receiving part of the game, and I don't think any of us were ever worried about that part. But I think he has to be the complete back to get that draft capital and be a guy in the NFL that some people are predicting him to be. And I think with the way he's come out so far this season, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to disagree with you on this one because he's shown a well-rounded skill set. And he, there are still clips of him putting linebackers on their butts in the passing game. And I just think that those two things are going to get him drafted highly and give him the opportunity. I mean, at running back, opportunity is, is king anyway. And it, I, I think for this season, it's, it's shown that he is not too small. If he's 205 pounds, whatever it is, he's not too small. And, and you know that by the, by the blitzes that he's picking up. And so for that reason, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna disagree with you, Bruning. So can I ask you something? Because again, I I it's not the size. I I said that. Everybody always wants to focus on the one word. It's like that trigger word, right? I said we had questions about his size, but that's not while I'm downgrading him. I'm downgrading him because he is not produced in the running game. He is a good receiver, and you're right. I, I mentioned it on my Debbie show that I do now. He is a great blocker. Is he the only running back in this class that can block? I'm going to take that rhetorical you sitting there quietly as a no. He's probably not. So you're right. He's a great blocker. What kind of question he's is that? What kind of question is that? Because I, you're that saying you that he's going to get drafted highly. He's the only quarterback who can – the only running back who can block. He's not the quarterback. Like, there you go. Because that matters. You just said he's going to get drafted because he's such a good blocker. So I guess the rest of the running is he the back only, class. Is he the only block. quarterback who can throw? I mean, like, what kind of question is that? Well, that's my point. You're generalizing the whole class, though, and saying that he's such a good blocker. Well, okay, is he the only one that can do that? Because if not, then it doesn't matter that he is a good blocker. He's not going to get drafted highly if he's not a good running back. I understand that he's a good blocker. Go ahead. 
There are not clips of other running backs pancaking linebackers. They're just they're just aren't. I mean, that is a specialty. When he goes to the NFL and he has to block for Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tua Tonga Vialoa, they're not going to have to take him off the field on third down. They're not going to have to take him off the field because he can't pick up blitzes. He can, so he's going to get the opportunity. And I'm just saying that you know size was a question for him, but we've seen that. I, I mean, it's not. I mean, he can he can carry the load. He's well rounded. I think he's going to be fine, and I think he's going to get day two draft draft capital. I don't know that he's like the most sudden athlete, but whatever. That's not what we're necessarily looking for at that position. I, quite frankly, I think that Kyron Williams is going to be a value come draft time because he's not sexy. He's not sexy. He just does everything well, and that's enough to you get for you to get a lot of playing time in, in, in the NFL. I, I disagree with that, though. You said he's not sexy. I mean, people are ranking him as the third running back in this class. That's sexy. They're not in ranking a bad him as class. In a bad class. But they're in still ranking class. him as a top guy. And, and we know if we're just focusing on this as a Debbie show, that matters. It doesn't matter if you're, you're if you're top three in a class. doesn't matter how good or bad the class is. You're going to be valued on a Debbie format because they're going to say, okay, well, there's only three guys that we like. I'm not saying he's not going to get round two draft capital. He probably will because Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. Well, Isaiah Spiller's been really good. Brees Hall hasn't. You can't take somebody off the field if they're not on the field is all I'm saying. I, I We're going to disagree on this. I, I'm not knocking his pass blocking ability. It's the best part of his game with his receiving work. I just he's not doing enough running the ball. I think that's going to secure him. There were people talking about him being drafted over again preseason, the likes of Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall. There is no shot that happens now, in my opinion. And Brees Hall is not. I disagree been good. with you. I, I I think that he can still be drafted ahead of Brees Hall. All Go right, ahead, Austin. Austin, why don't you weigh in here and give us your player? Matt Matt has has left the room. I hate it when mom and dad fight. Um. So I, I have two names I'll toss out here. Uh, one a little more out there and then one a little more, I think, um, mainstream. Uh, CJ Johnson, wide receiver at ECU, I think was a guy that a lot of us were intrigued by as a freshman. A big size speed kind of guy, like 6'2", 225-ish, you know, just a big overpowering physical. But th- I didn't think he looked slow or like a plotter. Like I, There were things he could work on in terms of his route running. Um, but, but I didn't, I thought he had the tools to do so after that freshman year, 54 catches, 908 yards, uh, four touchdowns since then last year, only 19 catches in nine games this year, 11 catches through four games. He's, he's not even the wide receiver one at East Carolina. That's, and that whole passing offense has taken a step back, but he's just not shown anything. I think he could have probably gotten day two draft capital if he had continued kind of on that trajectory. Now I would be shocked if he went before round five or six. Um, the other name that I think is m- that more people are probably familiar with, though, is Jalen Berger at Wisconsin. I'm completely done with Jalen Berger. I get that he was banged up coming into the season, um, but you know, Wisconsin, the running backs there are kind of interchangeable. You know, they always have a, like the, the one that starts is always really good, but when they're out, the guy that comes in because they usually have a dominant offensive line, they usually have a system that highlights running the football effectively. Like Ches Malusi and these guys have all just outproduced Berger when he's played this year, uh, two games for him this year. Um, uh, the big one against Eastern Michigan, 15 carries only 62 yards, a touchdown, he just hasn't been that effective. We won't know whether he can catch the ball or not 
because Wisconsin doesn't do that. If you remember, that was the question about around Melvin Gordon. It was a question around Jonathan Taylor. It's a there's a question around uh, what did Monty Ball come from there? I think it was a yes, question around yes, Monty Ball. I mean, no matter the running back that comes out of there, that's the question. So we won't have an answer to that. We'll have nothing good like that you can look back and say we can bank his value on this. So I I'm completely out on Jalen Berger. I'm I'm selling him where I've got him. All right. Um, the thing with with ranking players is I think it's easier to rank risers than it is fallers because I'm looking at Jalen Berger, who I had around 15. He had no business being in that spot. I'm like, where do you – what pit do you put Jalen Berger in now? Because I, you just it's like, you know, would you rather have Jalen Berger or Frank Gore Jr.? I, I think Frank Gore Jr. can actually help you win on the college side of C2C. So, all right, let's – move on here austin you've got some uh housekeeping for us oh you put you changed the name i had you on there yeah why did you have me you do the housekeeping though no i retire because every time i start you cut in after 30 seconds i mean that's the that's the that's the bit oh that's, that's the, the bit, bit. okay okay here that's i go okay we'll cut that in post um so listen up here guys <laughs> We've got lots of different stuff going on uh, at campusdecant.com. We've got two live shows every Saturday. The tailgate kicks off at 10 a.m. every week. Two hours. First hour, CFF, starts, sits, all that stuff. Second hour, DFS, betting, all of that good stuff. At night, after the big game, whatever it is for the week, wraps up. We go coast to coast uh, and get kind of break down all of the day's worth of news in college football. Beyond that, we have our partnership with Prize Picks. Uh, if you're not familiar with Prize Picks, it's basically a player props website that you can go on. Um, a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. If you do that, use promo code C2C when you sign up. You get a match on your initial deposit up to $100. And if you deposit at least 20, you get a free membership at campusdecanton.com with us. That's a $30 value for only spending 20 and you get 20 back. I mean, this is it's it's too good to be true. Wait honestly. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Time out. Are you saying that if you open a new prize picks account for $20, you not only get a match of your $20, you get the chance to win that month to win money with player props, and you get a free subscription to campuscan.com. Did I hear all of that right? It's crazy, but it's true. God, okay. I didn't all right. I just wanted to make sure we I didn't under I wanted to make sure I understood that correctly. My bad. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. That was not planned. Thank you, Felix. Thank you. Um podcast reviews. Make sure you continue to review the show. I will probably be doing another giveaway in the not so distant future. And we only uh, the people that participate in them are people that have reviewed the show. So if you go on Apple podcast there, uh, give us five stars. Um, tell us why I am your favorite person on the show. Uh, that gets you a bump in the next uh, giveaway. Um, and then last, if you guys really just like us and all the stuff we do and all of our rankings and everything, feel free to check out campuscant.com. $2.99 uh, gets you a membership for a month. $29.99 for a year. And again, if you use that prize pick promo code, you get the whole year for free. All right. Thank you, Austin. Uh, again, I apologize for interrupting. I was just excited. Um, your apology right, boys. nothing to me because I know you're not sorry. <laughs> Are we ready for the Debbie debates? Yes, yeah, sir. All right. Let's do it. First question here. How highly should we rank Sean Tucker and Zach Evans when talking about the 2023 running back class? Matthew, 
you're up there. You're up first there. Uh, so I've got them four and six respectively right now. Uh, I I've still have Bigsby Gibbs and um, my goodness, who am I forgetting? Bijan some, for some reason uh, as the top three, even though Gibbs is not producing as much on the college side, I still I believe in his ability when he goes into the NFL. Evans comes in at four for me. And then right now I have your guys guy, Brandon Thomas at five, Sean Tucker at six for that 2023 class. Uh, Tucker has looked very good. He's looked faster than I thought he was going to, especially in that game last week. He's someone I'd like to dive more into as the season goes on and in the offseason. So far, he's looked really good. I don't see any reason to have him down. I looked uh, earlier in the season. I had him all the way down at RB64, so he has risen uh, big for me. I think I have him at 23 now, so he, he's jumped uh, majorly in my ranks. Austin? I have them. You said four and six, Matt. Yeah. Damn, I got them in the same spots. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've I had McClellan above Evans. I've jumped I've jumped McClellan a little bit simply because we've just seen Evans do it with the workload. We've seen him get twenty carries and, and you know six targets in the passing game and turn that into a hundred and ninety yards and a couple touchdown performance. We we've seen him do that now. We have not seen that yet out of McClellan. I still, I still like both of them a lot. Uh, there's really not that much separating them. And then I do have Tucker slotted in right after McClellan. Uh, he's jumped a bunch of guys this offseason. He looks good. He looks explosive. And I think the thing that I like about him a lot, every time I watch Syracuse, his skill set to me seems like he's going to be scheme versatile in the NFL. He has enough burst and enough one cut ability that if you kind of want him to do some stretch stuff, some zone plays, uh, you know, work like that, he has the vision and that burst to be able to hit those holes. I kind of, I think in our text message group this past week, I comped into like smaller and less, slightly less explosive Arian Foster. Like I, I really think that he could work in that system, but I think that he's also just, he can be a physical patient, let blocks develop kind of guy. Like I, I really, really like his game. I, I want to see him catch the ball a little bit more. He doesn't, you know, he does it a little bit. I just want to see him be like a weapon in that regard. And if he was, I would feel a lot more comfortable really locking him in. Yeah, I mean, we're really seeing this 2023 running back class kind of shape and take form. Um, we knew the top three to me are kind of locked in, and it's, it's who falls in after that and what value do they have. I think that there's a lot of value in that second tier of running backs. You mentioned Brandon Thomas, Matthew, uh, Jace McClellan still. I mean, he's shown a, round, a well-rounded skill set, even though he hasn't been the primary guy. Then you got Zach Evans, Sean Tucker. I've got – Zach Evans was already high in my rankings. I got him at uh, five overall in the 2023 class, and Sean Tucker is up to number nine. Listen, um, uh, Michael with Kane and Shane's group there uh, did a, a podcast on Sean Tucker. Supposedly, and I go I had to Google this to make sure it was true. Sean Tucker has, re- has got a recorded 439 40-yard dash. I, if that's true, if, that's, if he's going to go to the combine – and just blow it up. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a very valuable player, even at 200, 205 pounds. And then the player that I have number four, I just moved to number four in this class overall is Diamante Tranium. Uh, he's been injured, but when he has played, he's looked very good. And plus, you know, I like size at the position. He's 230 pounds. I like both of their running backs there at Arizona State. Um, but you know, we still need to see Jace McClellan, and we still need to see uh 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 Kendall Milton Kendall Milton uh, out of Georgia but that 2023 running back class it feels fun it feels fun um to me anyway 
yeah, you just like you you gave us some of your. Can you just give us your top ten there for the twenty twenty three class, just so we have an idea of? Yeah. So since you, since you don't fill them out on the site for us, we can we can find out exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> so I've, I've been updating my rankings as we go along. I mean, so you've going. made it. You All made right. it to ten through September. <laughs> I get mean, to know. <laughs> Uh, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, Diamante Tranium, Zach Evans, Jace McClellan, Brandon Thomas, Kendall Milton, Sean Tucker, and then Blake Quorum. Is that, I think that that's ten. Um, Ulysses yeah. Ulysses Bentley should be considered a 2022 prospect, shouldn't we? Technically, he's a redshirt. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, Ulysses Bentley, I ha- I have uh, after Blake Quorum. So that's uh, however many that is. All right. Um, Kyle McCord, Austin, I'm throwing this to you. We're not even going to let God. We're not even going to let Matt talk here. Uh, should he continue to start for Ohio State? Uh, no, um, you know uh, we we've all the three of us have kind of talked about this behind the scenes, and I think Matt said something you know similar that the coaching staff said. You know, you need to blow away CJ Stroud to take that job. And I think that's the right mindset generally for a snap to have why not why? was he that much better? done nothing he's different to me he's different he allows you to do different things with the offense like i don't know why he would have to blow blow you away cj stroud hasn't blown anybody away um so i i just not, I don't understand not on game that. day he hasn't not on game day yeah all right so we have this guy who's a leader yeah he's a good in practice and he's not going to turn the ball over and he's going to be boring and dry that matters to Ryan Day. Yeah. I'm not. I. I. Okay, I'm telling you, I it's wrong. You. I'm just saying that it's wrong. It's you. Austin's turn to answer the question. Sorry. For the record, I appreciate coaches that that uh, tend to recognize when a player sucks in practice and is really good in games, because that's the kind of player I was growing up. I was not great in practice, and you put me in a game, and it was totally different. So, a uh, shout out to Ryan Day uh, for you know uh, acknowledging that 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 is that's a possibility, but. No, I'm gonna no. I I don't think, but I I'll be interested to see what the the difference is here against Rutgers. I really want to see them get out to a decent uh, lead, just to see how that shakes out. Because if they don't, then we won't see it. If yeah. there was ever a situation where you should employ a, a two quarterback system, no, I think no. it would. There's I think ne- it would there's be never. It. I think it never absolutely be, it'd be in this don't one because it. I don't know that that CJ Stroud gets that offense to the ceiling that it needs to win a win a playoff game. Not this year, not the year after. So you might as well get some reps to someone who does because the thing about that game with Kyle McCord, when it was third and seven, they weren't throwing the ball behind the six. Now, I know they were playing accurate, but to me, you talk about how much Ryan Day likes C.J. Stroud, then, then why the heck on third and long are they throwing bubble screens? He doesn't. He doesn't have trust in them to, to throw the ball downfield. They did with Kyle McCord in the game. And you know, CJ Stroud has like the the highest like yards per attempt or something in college football. Not yeah, anymore, like, but he is up there. He's like yes. seven. You always talk about so, this, and I'm like, this is just you're, factually you're high on incorrect. you're high on on CJ Stroud. Then I mean, you be, no, like, I'm just on. saying Wait, that I'm, argument is not correct. I mean, in, in fairness to C.J. Stroud, it's at 12.4. Kyle McCord is at 10.6 or, le- or 10.7. So it's not much of a difference. The, one thing I'll say on Stroud, and I don't like defending him, is we don't know how much the shoulder affected him in, in some of those plays no, that you're talking either. about. Perfect. We didn't want him here anyways. Now let's let the grown-ups talk. I know, right? <laughs> uh, 
I think uh, we don't know how much the shoulder affected him, obviously, in those later games and why they maybe were doing so many dump-offs. The one thing I agree with Felix on, and it's it's hard to judge Stroud because we have technically only seen him for three games. But Kyle, this was Kyle McCord's very first start ever. I understand that it was Stroud's first start, but he was with this program for an entire year. He knows that offense. He was in the practices. He was apparently like attached to Justin Fields' hip whenever he could be last year, all through COVID. And I am with Felix. Like, I understand the shoulder injury. You have to take some into a factor. He did nothing, in my opinion, to blow you away through three games. I could even take the Oregon game out of it because that was a great defense. But Minnesota was not. I've talked about it. They're in the almost 100s in pass defense and pass rush. Akron is, yes, 128, so they're 20 spots behind him. He is not. And then Tulsa is the same thing. Tulsa, I think, is 60 or 70 something. Like, neither one of those defenses are very good. He did nothing to blow you away. But neither did McCord against Akron. He had some very good throws. In my opinion, there was two throws in that game that I think were better than anything Stroud has put on tape. I think that McCord has the higher ceiling. I think the offense has a higher ceiling with McCord. If you look at it through that eyes, I agree with Felix in that Stroud can win you the Big Ten. I think McCord wins you a playoff game. Probably can't beat Alabama, but can compete with Alabama. I don't know that Stroud does that. I don't think Ryan Day makes a switch, though. I agree with Austin. I hope that they are blowing out Rutgers because then we will see McCord. But Rutgers is a better – they took Ohio State to the to the line last year, and they did it with Michigan last week. I don't know that Ohio State's going to be able to pull away because they don't have Justin Fields there to pull them back away again like they did last year against Rutgers. Sounds like uh, C.J. Stroud is the coach's pet. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, I like don't well, coach, this is how this is the coverage that you saw. This is what this is what it's supposed to look like. But anyway, all right, let's move on. Um, do we think that speaking of quarterbacks, do we think that Notre Dame should move on from Jack Cohen, uh, Austin? I think a discussion has to be had, and this isn't necessarily I, I try to separate when I'm talking about some of these guys. You know, we really like Tyler Butchner and we think that, you know, he is like clearly the most talented guy in the roster. And trying to just leave that entire thought process out of this decision, they just looked like a better team with Drew Pine in there when when Cohn went out last week. I, I thought Pine looked more effective. So I'm not even necessarily saying pivot to, to Buchner, but I mean, what has, what has Cone done well this year? He, he looked really good in that opening game and that opening game was hilarious against Florida state. Cause everyone was saying, Oh, maybe Florida state's back. And it turns out that both of those teams just aren't very good. And that, that that's what kind of made that game so good as, as it was happening. He completed 75% of his passes that night, four touchdowns uh, since then. Uh, he's basically progressively gotten worse. The 63% of his passes, two touchdowns, one interception week two. Then against Purdue, less than 50% of his passes completed. Last week, just over it, 158 yards. Um, I mean, he's he's not he's not good enough to to make big plays happen by himself. And he's not, and he's so bad that like you can't even be conservative with him, in my opinion. Like Notre Dame sometimes wants to do with their quarterback. I think Pine can do that. Um, and, and Butchner can do that as well, I think, but he's a totally different kind of quarterback. Um, I think it's time for them to move on from Cone because they're not going to win anything this year. Like, just see what else you've got there. 
Yeah, I, I agree 100% with Austin. Obviously, I'd like it to be Butchner that they go to because he's the future, but the fact that that offense did what they did against that Wisconsin defense where they looked like they could not move the ball at all through three quarters until Cone got hurt, and then third string Drew Pine, which, again, I don't know how good or good he is, and I'm going to be honest, hadn't even heard of the kid until I saw him come into the, to the game Saturday. Open that offense up. I think just speaks to the limitations on Jack Cohn. I, I don't think he's going to do anything for Notre Dame. We had already talked about them not being a good team anyways. I think that they just, if, if Brian Kelly wants any shot, and if they beat Cincinnati this week, there's a realistic shot they can make the playoffs because they don't really have much else left on their schedule. They're going to have to go to a different quarterback that can that can open things up for them a little bit. Did I hear this correctly? That game is in uh, South Bend, isn't it? But, it is but just what Ritter said, by the way. What did he say? They they asked him what he thought it would be like going in there with all the noise, and he's like, there won't be much noise once we get started. I mean, I like the confidence, yeah. kid. Maybe don't say that. Well, they're I, they're favored. Or they, the last time I heard, they were actually favored. Since uh, three points, I think. By three. By three yeah. points, which is – that's saying something. Um, for, let, let me answer the question here. I mean, this is another situation where I'm not saying you should have a true dual quarterback system. I think J- Jack Cohn is fine for the boring offenses they want to run. But Tyler Butchner, if he is Buchner, whatever you ever say his name, if he's healthy, he should have a role because he adds that dynamic ability with his legs. I mean, this should be like the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance situation where you bring in Tyler Buckner for specific things, especially when you need a spark playing against like a Wisconsin team that doesn't have any offense themselves. But Tyler Buckner was hurt, so he wasn't even available for this game uh, uh, when Drew Pine came in. Maybe he'll be available for Cincinnati, but you like that kid – he ran for 1,600 yards his junior, his junior year. I mean, he had some legitimate Lamar Jackson-type rushing ability. It's going to be so fun in college football when we have both Tyler Buckner and Anthony Richardson running around making plays from the quarterback position. All right, let's move. Let's move on. Austin's, Austin's making a face because he does not like – he hates uh, Anthony Richardson with a pass, and he thinks he has no talent. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about more freshmen freshman quarterbacks do we think we should see more of these freshmen matthew uh caleb williams should we see more of caleb williams yes absolutely and i don't see why not what what has spencer rattler done to blow you away this season what are you rolling your eyes for you literally just said you're giving up on spencer rattler and they're like oh i I just realized i'm like why am i rolling my eyes i I feel bad for just disagreeing with matt for no reason the the team the the fans and everything were chanting Caleb Williams' name during that game, uh, but I, I don't I don't think that he should be benched. But I do think we saw Caleb Williams come in in week one. I do think we should see more of that because he is just an explosive athlete and. Oklahoma's offense just doesn't look the same as it has those past couple years with that explosive offense. Rattler is struggling to push the ball down the field. Again, I don't know that Williams can do that, but I'd like to see him at least get a shot. Uh, Jackson Dart, I think had he not gotten injured, we would have seen starting last week. Um, Keaton Slovis just isn't it. I'm sorry, Kane, if you you watch or listen to this, he's just not it. Uh, I think Dart would still be playing. As for Michigan, I mean, we talked a little bit about this on Coast to Coast. Last wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? We were just asking about Caleb Williams. Oh, we're just talking about one? Sorry. Yes, jumping, Caleb Williams. Don't bring him down the show, Chief. Caleb so, Williams. Caleb Williams, yes. Yes. I'm going to – you have to say yes to this question. 
for the same reason that that Tyler Butner should be playing in Notre Dame. They need a spark, and Caleb Williams is a six foot one. Man, it's going to be some really good rushing quarterbacks here in a few years, and Caleb Williams is one of them. I mean, that offense isn't doing what it should or what we expect them to do. And if you bring Caleb Williams in and you make defenses like change the way they're game planning because they have to account for him in the running game, that could open up absolutely – that could open up all of these wide receivers and all these deep plays that we want to see. I, It's not be, – it's not it, – beyond the realm of possibility that Caleb Williams does more for the passing game for Oklahoma than Spencer Rattler has because of what he could do with his legs and how he could open up that offense. I don't know, man. I, I think I, – I don't know if I said this earlier, but we are coming to a head in Oklahoma. I think that that's a huge storyline to pay attention to is the fact that Lincoln Riley's going to have to make a decision between Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. And the answer might not be Spencer Rattler. Like Spencer Rattler, he might have to make that decision during the season at some point if they catch a loss and they have to, you know, stay in the playoff hunt. But he might have to make that decision at the end of this season if Spencer Rattler says, I'm not going to uh, the NFL. I just, I don't know. I think that we're ready to see Caleb Williams and he might actually be. Um, better for that team for all of those wide receivers marvin mims mario williams i need mario williams to get to 476 yards receiving uh it's gonna be it's gonna be close austin jackson dart should we see should we i mean of course we should we should see him if, if he's healthy he should be the starter there at usc right i just i do just want to like say like 10 seconds worth on caleb williams here i think with him because he's such a different quarterback you don't have to like you can bring him in for like a player two and it doesn't look like you're trying to usurp the starter like it would in Ohio state. Like I, I really think that you can be, and you can play it off as, Oh, well we just have a couple plays here. They're drawn up for Caleb Williams. So I think you can, you can kind of sneak him in there without being so, you know, like it being so jarring uh, Jackson dart. If he's healthy, you have to, I mean, USC's offense, Keaton Slovis is just a total, like, he cannot elevate that team to do anything beyond just what is there. I mean, we saw it last week. They got beat pretty soundly by Oregon State, uh, a team that really, no offense to Oregon State, really has no business of beating USC. I watched the first half of that game. Slovis just, he looks for for Drake London. That's like all he can throw to because it's a big target and he makes himself available. And, and quite frankly, a lot of the time they, they clear out a lot of that side of the field and you can, he's kind of just one-on-one with someone that's literally all Slovis can do. He can't do anything beyond that. And he can't run at all. Not that dart is necessarily Caleb Williams, but I think he is a little more mobile and gives you a little something different there too. But I think unfortunately meniscus, I, I'm kind of doubting he comes back this year. Matt, I mean, I think the answer is – I'm not going to sit here and act like I've watched a whole bunch of USC, but I, but Austin and Colin have been on Jackson Dart really from the beginning, unless there's somebody out there who, you know, saw them in high school or something like that, and, or, you know, their cousins, teachers, friends, mom. Uh, so Anyway, all right. Um, well, I mean, I already answered the question, so yeah, Jackson Dart. Yeah, you went through the whole show sheet. J.J. McCarthy should be – I didn't be go through all of them. You cut me off at J.J. McCarthy. So now answer it now. Should should he yes. be getting playing time? Should he be starting? 
Yes, I don't see any reason why not. Uh, I, I comp the Michigan offense uh, a lot to what Notre Dame is doing. That passing game has not been – they've been good, but they clearly are relying on the run. Uh, that is where they built that that game plan around. It's working for them. I don't want to knock them on that, but I think bringing in McCarthy just opens that offense up a little bit more. And if they want to beat a Wisconsin this week, if they want to beat Ohio State later this year, if they want to make it – to the Big Ten Championship and possibly the playoffs, which is in the conversation now for Michigan. They've got to open up that passing game a little bit because they're not going to be able to beat everybody with the run. So, yes, I think McCarthy – I know you disagree, Felix, but I think McCarthy should be the starter. No, I don't necessarily disagree. Is is the Big Ten like the worst conference to for aesthetically pleasing football? I mean, as far as Michigan yes. versus Wisconsin, that game is going to be what, like 10 to 13 or something like that? I mean – over over under 250 yards passing between the two teams to, to get. I mean, I, I just I take the yeah, under right. 150. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's good. That's I mean, it's still, I mean, Michigan's ranked number 14 in the country. All right. Uh let's one more here. Austin, I'm gonna throw this one to you. Unless you wanted to answer about JJ McCarthy, but I'll just throw both of them to you. JJ McCarthy, Sam Heward. Sam Heward, should we be seeing him at Washington? I I don't think so quite yet. I think that Dylan Morris has performed fine and that that conference is not particularly strong this year outside of Oregon. It doesn't seem like I mean UCLA is a pretty solid team, but they're they're certainly not, you know, a team to be feared. Um you then you have what, like Oregon State, um U I mean USC is not very good. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what what uh Utah is not very good this year, Washington State's not very good. Um so I, I don't think that it's time to replace him. But, I mean, he, he's been under 60% passing in every single game so far this year. I, I do think he holds that offense back slightly. I'm just not sure with the way that offense is set up that, that he would, would necessarily uh, take them take them any further. And the, it's funny because with McCarthy, just real quick, the, it, like the paradox is that the closer they get to the playoff, the less likely it is that we would ever even see J.J. McCarthy, even though for them to make the playoff, I feel like, they need to open up the offense. Like it's it's it, those two just go back and forth between each other. All right. Well, we are going to keep a tr- keeping track of those freshman quarterbacks, and you know, just thinking about them going through here. Tyler Buckner, Caleb Williams. Um, we talked a little about Anthony Richardson. There's some. I feel like college football is going to be fun for a few years when the when all those guys uh, start taking the helm. All right. Are we? This is my favorite segment of the show. I mean, my my absolutely my favorite segment of the show. It's Austin's lukewarm take. Yeah, we we didn't we weren't graced with one last week, but I feel like I'm three and zero so far this season. We're really we're really doing well. I've got a good one this week. We talked a little bit earlier. Brees Hall has not been himself this season. Uh, had a decent game this past week against Baylor, but overall has not been great. Uh, Iowa State gets Kansas this week. Uh, Kansas has the 126 ranked rush defense in the country. That is out of 130 for those keeping track at home. They're allowing 241 and a half yards per game on the ground. Brees Hall is the top scoring running back in all of college football this week. Um, book it. It's going to happen. Book it. It's going to happen. Book it. Like, book it. Book what? What's going to happen? Like, that's your take is book it. Oh my goodness. 
Like I, I want to, I want to trash you for this, but I actually kind of disagree with you. I don't know that Brees Hall is going to be the highest scoring running back this week. I mean, you pick like the easiest way to go about it, right? Worst rush defense, uh, a top end draft pick. You know, yeah, it's definitely a lukewarm take. But uh, did he did he say right. that he was going to be the highest? Uh, yeah, the highest scoring running back, back this week. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I missed it. That's actually. That's actually that's a, little a little bit spicy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for that's Austin, bold. it's bold and spicy. For, you know? for Austin, that is that is bold. It's not just sauce, regular yeah. vanilla this week. It's French vanilla. That's the spice. Yeah. That's the spice. <laughs> that's all right. All right. Cut it. Cut the music. Cut the music. That's Austin's lukewarm take. Matt, do you have a bold take this week before we get out of here? I do. I think that we are going to see the week of, well, we've seen a lot of upsets recently, but I'm going to pick two upsets this week. I don't even know if they're on our show sheet to pick, so I may just be giving some picks away to Austin here. I think Arkansas is going to surprise Georgia and win that by a field goal, and I am actually picking Wisconsin to beat Michigan this week. You know, I actually think Wisconsin is going to beat Michigan also. Um, That's, But the upset that I have is is Florida visits – Lexington, Kentucky, Kroger Field, which is uh, pro- the weakest name for a college football field, but Kroger Field, where I got my uh, two COVID shots, and I think that I think that Kentucky is going to win. I think that these are two similar teams that want to r- run the ball and make the game uh, low scoring. But you know, I know that Will Levis hasn't been great, but I I don't know. I think that we see a good game from this offense overall. I think that they're going to be jacked. Um, UK is undefeated. UK is, is, is undefeated. So this is a big game uh, for this entire state. And I think that we see uh, uh, UK get the win over number 11, Florida. That's what I think. All right. Chris Moxley, we get anything wrong? We're all good? Sounds like we're all good. All right. That is going to be our show for tonight. Check out all the content around the Campus to Canton family. Of course, the Campus to Canton podcast channel, Canton Bound, Campus Life, Fantasy Roundtable. Why wait till Sunday? But, hey, we're done. We're done here for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Hurst. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning and Austin Ace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter up, caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him.
93 yards for the freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.